Aloha, this is Bill Best, once again with Bobby D. Best in the studio. Uh, you can't see her, but you can hear her. Sometimes. Sometimes. When it's necessary. Just in case I should pass out. or <laughs> I, get a, I feel a little faint. Uh, Bobby's there in the shadows. You won't see her, but you can hear her, and that's the main thing. And uh, What do you have to say for yourself there, Bobby? I want to say thanks to Maui Toyota. What's that? I want to say thanks to Maui Toyota for sponsoring us without right. us even asking them to. Yeah, they that offered. Was kind. That was pretty nice. Yeah, and we have Albert Perez in the studio right now from Maui Toyota. Maui tomorrow. <laughs> Good morning, Bill. Good morning. Good morning. I imagine Bobby. you drive a car or something. So I there's do. some association there. <laughs> so welcome into the studio. Uh, I just want to mention a couple of items here uh, in our uh, community section, and I, I'm always uh, keeping an eye on Akaku because they're they're always up to something. And uh, KAKU 88.5 FM is the radio arm, if you will, of Akaku. And they have this uh, wonderful showcase that uh, they're doing coming up on Thursday the 12th. It's the Akaku Showcase Storytelling, Songwriting, and Performance with Carrie O'Neill, singer-songwriter. And this is a free event from 6 to 7.30 p.m. upstairs. And akaku.org slash salons can give you more information, but you should RSVP if you're interested in the uh, showcase by calling 871-5554. Coming up this Thursday here on KAKU, we have Amora who will be sitting in for us and talking with Suzanne Frazier, co-founder of Beach Awareness Campaign Hawaii and uh, lecturing on how to get plastic out of our diet. You, You know, 20, 30 years ago, who would have guessed that that would be something we'd be concerned about, but um, she'll be speaking officially at Cameron Center at 7 p.m., and that's uh, this coming Thursday, and it's a free talk. Thanks to the Vegetarian Society. VSH.org can give you more information. You don't have to register. It's absolutely free, and refreshments are provided by Down to Earth, but uh, Suzanne Frazier will be on the show coming up on uh, KAKU this Thursday on Off the Record. And And then it'll be repeated on Friday at 2 p.m. And she's been uh, involved with this BEACH group for a few years already, trying to all kinds of things that she's involved, she'll tell us. Well, gosh, there's... So much to be concerned about these days. Of course, the coronavirus is taking the headlines. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, Maui Tomorrow has has been really on the forefront of uh, uh, attempting, in some cases accomplishing, um, protecting us from <laughs> from uh, greedy landlords and landowners and uh, and people who uh, want to own our water and uh, use it for their own uh, I would say nefarious purposes but um, that's I guess a matter of opinion and quite a big topic but uh, tell us about what uh, you and Maui tomorrow have been up to lately, and maybe we can, for people who don't know, we give a little history about Maui. Yeah, tomorrow I remember too. when it just started, and when I first moved to 
Hawaii, I thought, oh, they're not going to let what happened to Miami Beach happen here. I was so naive. So I was really happy when Maui Tomorrow started. And, go so many many, uh, endeavors you've had your hands in and some successes. Yeah, quite a few successes. This is our uh, 30th anniversary. Um, We started February... 12th, I believe, of 1990. So 20 years and a couple of weeks now. Yeah. So, but we're, what we're about is um, sustainable. Some people say sustainable. Uh, we talk about ecologically sound development, um, preservation of open space, and preservation of the opportunity to have a rural lifestyle here. So right. that means a lot to me. Yeah. Uh, when I was a kid growing up on Oahu, uh, we lived in the country. And, you know, it would take us maybe 20 minutes to get to town, 30, depending if you were coming from the North Shore or something. Well, now you're lucky if it's less than an hour. Oh, yeah. I see the uh, the traffic reports Yeah, and frequently. it's like all day long. So yeah. we have a chance... Uh, that's kind of my, my motto is Maui still has a chance. We have a chance to do it better. Um, but what we've had quite a few successes over the years. What I'm really excited about right now, um, we are going to be doing on March 21st what we're calling a civic engagement event. It's a workshop, right? Yes. Yeah. It's st- uh, Stand Up and Speak Up, I think. And maybe it's Speak Up, Stand Up. I think it's Stand Up, Speak Up. In Paia. Um Yeah. Um, since you mentioned the coronavirus, uh, we're strongly considering turning it into a webinar oh. at this point uh-huh. Uh-huh. so that um, we don't have to bring people together in physical proximity. Um, we're still trying to work that out. But, um, you know, it it occurs to me, I was in court this morning, uh-huh. and normally when people on Maui get together, we're all hugging each other, we're shaking each other's hands, and... Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of hugging going on, there, especially in Paia. Not so much anymore. There's <laughs> no. And so people have various, there's a lot of bowing. Yeah, um, I like the bowing. Right. Yeah. The the foot thing, I I think that's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, you know, I, I feel responsible um, to be available to work. Uh, I want to be able to get the work done, so I want to keep my health up. And I'm just... Um, trying to be knowledgeable about what's going on and from everything I've seen in the world it's it's not encouraging so um, but I'm not descending into fear I'm I, I'm more about knowledge yeah knowledge not fear and so, caution too. right yeah. just being smart about it so yeah. so what's happening on the 21st so March 21st um, we've got Gary Hooser coming over from Kauai um, Gary is the head of the uh, Hawaii Alliance for Progressive Action. And so he works pretty much statewide um, trying to help uh, progressive causes move forward. You know, things like helping the environment, um, helping uh, increase the minimum wage to be a livable wage, things like that. But the reason we're having Gary come over is because he is not only a former state senator, but he has been training people on how to run for office. Mm-hmm. And that we're not talking about that at this at this event, but how do you 
make yourself effective right. when you're dealing with the legislature. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you do that from Maui? It's really difficult um, because they don't have um, remote testimony. They're just you now, have to go there to you have Oahu. to get on a plane, and it makes it really expensive for people to have their voice heard. You can submit your testimony through um, they have an um, online submission portal at the legislature, but really, um, the way to be effective is to get over there and talk to the legislatures, legislators, one on one. So if they have a question. I mean, it's just like here when you're before the county council and they say, okay, your three minutes are up and you barely got started. If you're meeting um, one-on-one with a decision maker, if they have questions, you can respond. Right. So it's not just a three minute. Right, right. So you spend a half an hour with them. It's much more valuable. So we're going to be teaching people things like that. What we don't want is for people who care about the Aina to try to do something and what they do winds up being ineffective. Yeah. That means they just get frustrated, turned off with the process, and probably give up. So what sure. we want to do is find people um, who have that motivation to help us protect the Aina and show them the ropes, basically. Well, we talked about sustainability. We've talked about it uh, a long time. And the uh, this coronavirus is really shows how important being sustainable would be uh, if, uh, if, like we've seen already, uh, uh, airlines are uh, stopping flights and, uh, and uh, deliveries might be affected by, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, deliveries uh, from o- overseas and so on and so forth. And... Um, uh, are we even close to sustainability? I mean, we've got all this land. We can grow anything. And uh, I know there are people who are stepping up to do that, some uh, under some criticism by by a few, of course. This right. is a critical... This is a time when everybody has some criticism to make, mainly because they've got a Twitter account, as far as I can tell. <laughs> if we didn't have the those uh, gadgets, uh, it would be a different world. But yeah. uh, are we getting close to being sustainable in any way? I mean, do you see that coming up Maui tomorrow in 20 years, 30 years? Um, Can we provide our own I, food? I, obviously, we can't. At this point, no. Make our own toilet paper, well, I, which I think, is very important these days. Yeah, but I think that um, if we had to, we could get by here. Uh, as long as people were helping each other out yeah. instead of the every man for himself kind of attitude. Right. Um, I don't know if that would be the case on Oahu where they have about eight times as many people on an island that's slightly smaller. So I'm glad I'm here. Yeah. Um, but in terms of sustainability, uh, I think it depends on how you define it. And that word has been so... co-opted and abused over time Um, you know I remember um, there was uh, the Department of Transportation was talking about sustainable transportation and what that meant was that they were going to be getting budget cuts and so they had to lay enough people off so that they could balance their budget 
So that's like a really perverse definition of <laughs> sustainability. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, Last time you were here, you talked about carrying capacity. How, mm-hmm. How'd that go? Mm-hmm. Anybody listening about that? Well, carrying capacity has been talked about for a long time. Um, and we've been bringing it up with regard to uh, West Maui, the West Maui Community Plan. We've been involved as much as possible in that process. Um, but clearly, West Maui is already over its carrying capacity in terms yes. of wastewater processing, sure. uh, in terms of traffic. Um, and so the solution has been uh, to try and get more affordable housing there in West Maui. And what we've been advocating for is to prioritize any infrastructure capacity improvements for only affordable housing. So no more hotels. Um, oh, yeah. <clears throat> we don't need any more of that. And, um, of course, the hotel construction industry doesn't think that way. The developers don't think that way. No, and the Maui Visitors Bureau doesn't necessarily want to have less than 3 million visitors last year. It's always got to be more. Uh, otherwise, uh, somehow I, I we're know. failing. I, I thought that they were aware that we have too many people now spending less money than they used to, and yet we gave them a bigger budget than ever. I don't get that. We're starting to hear some <clears throat> some change in uh-huh. how the visitor industry is talking about things. But I think there's a long way to go. Um, what I heard the other day was that in addition to the three million that the county gives the visitor industry here, there is another seven coming from the state or something for a total of ten. Yeah. And it's just in comparison to the other islands, we're way above, um, or the other counties, sure. we're way above uh, what the other counties are providing. And I think we need to realize that enough is enough. And even the visitors, even the tour operators are starting to say, hey, I can't make any money. Um, it's too crowded. Yeah, yeah. So we're starting to see some headway there. Um, I am on the mayor's tourism advisory committee. But there has been some reluctance um, by the administration to discuss um, taking a stand against more hotels or any, any more visitor accommodations. And I think that's really clear. That's what we need to do. Then we have a situation like this COVID-19, right? Mm -hmm. The coronavirus Mm -hmm. thing. And all of a sudden the tourists stop coming. And guess what? We're really dependent on this industry. Now I want to make a clarification because you'll always hear 90% of our economy comes from tourism. I think it's a little bit different than that. Mm -hmm. From the figures that I've seen of industries that bring money into the state, selling our aina to outsiders is the biggest source of cash. Mm. And tourism is second, but if you think about it, tourism is the industry that brings people here who then say, oh, wow, I want to buy a piece of this. Sure. Right? So I think they really depend on each other. Um, And then also the short-term rental um, issue. We saw just the other day, I think it was on Friday, the planning department was considering phasing out all short-term rentals. And from what I could see, almost everyone in the room was from the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. 
So this is, I think it has a direct impact on the affordability of housing here, and I think that's generally starting to be recognized. Well, what would be affordable? I mean, housing now is four, five, seven hundred thousand dollars for you know we're talking about comparatively you know to other states in in the union uh, average looking places with incredible rents. I mean, two and three thousand dollars a month rent. That, that's can, low. That's low. Oh yeah. And that's for low. a family, that right. would be very, very Especially high. on the west side, that's low. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know someone who's paying 3500 a month. Um, that well, was last year. How much could year. they be making? How much could they be earning? Um, you know, it's just, it's not possible unless they have two jobs or, you know, more than one family lives there. So, and this is why we have people who are living on the street. Yeah. But anyway, um, it's not all doom and gloom. I think there's some progress. Uh, the fact that the planning department is proposing or examining, I would say, whether to eliminate short-term rentals over time, I think uh, is a, a sea change compared to, you know, maybe three, five years ago. That wasn't even on the radar. Yeah. So I think there's some progress. Um, I was just going to mention, though, when you said affordable, what is affordable? Uh, there's a bill in the legislature right now where they're arguing over that definition. Mm -hmm. sure. And it, I don't know the exact number, but it was somewhere in the 800,000s that they were considering <laughs> to qualify as affordable housing, 140% yeah. of median. And, of course, it depends on the interest rate and everything. But um, That's just crazy. And then we talk about um, uh, a decent wage and $15 an hour. Just wouldn't cover it. No. Even 15. No, but they're not going that high. No. They're going to go to 13 in yeah. 2024, I think. I yeah, just, and they, they know if it were 24, uh, it might help. Might, $24 yeah. an hour. Yeah. Yeah. But that's then, decent. Then other things will rise uh, the same way. We were, we've been talking uh, off and on about how uh, we came here. I came here in 75, Bobby came here, was here before then. And back then, you, you mentioned Maui. Most people wouldn't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and now it, it's like a brand name, mm -hmm. Maui. Uh, mm -hmm. they, there's, Maui is in songs. Uh, you, you see uh, movies about people going to paradise or going to heaven. And it's Maui, and right. the, the palm trees and everything. So, I, I, you know, I really question whether we do we have to advertise Maui anymore. People know clearly not that you. This is a, a part of the U.S., so you don't have to get a passport. You you can come here. It's three, you know, depending on how many hours you are away. I mean, it's it's easy to get here, and it's and the services are fabulous. You know, we've got so much to offer. I, I wonder if we really need to even mention no, it. clearly not. <laughs> the, other, the other counties don't put much money into uh, tourism promotion at all. And you can take from, the money from the Visitors Bureau and help some people who don't have homes. Yeah, yeah. And I understand that the industry is putting on the order of $45 million into promotion themselves. So, um, but like you said, Maui... Everybody knows about Maui. 
And so, is there any competition? I mean, people talk about other places to go. Uh, the Bahamas, well, they just had horrible uh, hurricane blow through and destroyed mm-hmm. a great deal of their infrastructure. Yep. Um, and we're still here, thank goodness. Knock on real wood there. Um, uh, you know, Maui uh, is still a gem, but we still have... Um, because of the the number of people here now, uh, we have major traffic problems. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I was stuck in the traffic jam heading toward Dapali uh, not more than a couple weeks ago, and uh, it seems to happen frequently. And uh, a part of it has to do, although I don't live on the west side, it has to do with the, the new... Um, uh, Bypass. Pardon? Bypass. The bypass, yeah. yeah, and that sort of a boondoggle there. And it makes me wonder, how, how do we solve a problem like that when, I mean, we're not going to put in a highway along Dapali. Uh, I don't see that happening. And plus we have more ocean rise than all the other islands. Another problem, which we live on Ma'alaya, and... Uh, what was it uh, someone said? By, by 2050, the water is going to be at the road, so that's beyond our buildings. Yeah. <laughs> so the difficulty with this issue, and I said this to the county council too, um, we've never advocated for a reduction in the tourism industry uh, because it would be painful for a lot of people. Sure. And so I really recognize that. But why do we have to keep increasing it? The issue is that the people who are in charge of tourism promotion get judged based on the numbers. Right. At least as far as I know. And the numbers have to go up. The, if the numbers like don't go up, you're not business. doing your job. So yeah. they're, they're not listening to Greta. That's, yeah. The number, that we need to get that, that thought process, that mentality out of our minds yeah. um, and talk about quality. You know, everybody talks about the country of Palau, where they have a contract that you have to sign when you go there to protect the environment. And they do allow some tourism development, but they only allow five-star hotels. So I'm sorry, but when you've got approaching 8 billion people on the planet, and there are 14 million millionaires on the planet, everybody wants to come here. It's not necessarily going to be cheap anymore if we want to preserve what we have that's attracting them in the first place. And that's what I would like. I feel like Maui Tomorrow, uh, the Sierra Club, um, you know, the Hawaii Wildlife Foundation, Surfrider, these are the groups, uh, Maui Nui Marine Resource Council, I'm not going to name everybody, but these are the groups that are protecting the resources that the visitors are coming to see. And so in that sense, the visitor industry is getting a free ride from our efforts to protect the Aina. And I would appreciate if we could get some help from them. Mm -hmm. Even the visitors complain there's too many visitors. That's right. (laughs) And then you go to Oahu, and I mean, the traffic is insane over there. And people come back and go, oh, it's good to be back on Maui where you you can get from one place to another. Relative. Generally. You can. But the visitors who are coming here as repeat visitors are the ones who still don't think it's too crowded. 
And the ones who do think it's too crowded just aren't coming anymore. Yeah. So over time, the mix of people who are coming is changing. Yeah. Um, and I, I notice it, you know, people who um, have less personal space. You, you might have noticed it in a store or something. Um, uh, people from big cities, they, they don't mind being crowded because it's what they're used to. Oh, I see. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. So, and compared to the big city, uh, this is uh, this is pretty easy. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, traffic-wise so, and so on, and compared to but, other places. But I think what we need to focus on is the quality of life, and um, that's something that we're working on. I know that the county planning department is uh, reviewing that section in the Maui Island plan, so I'm encouraged by that. Um, that's really what it's all about. And so there are many factors involved in that, and um, I think we, we just need to monitor that. So we're moving in that direction, evaluating um, indicators, so to speak. And hopefully soon, we've been talking about this for over a year, but hopefully soon we'll have a website where you can go and and check, you know, how is the quality of life doing? Oh, good, yeah. So how could that be useful to people? I mean, you know what your quality of life is, and I know what mine is, but if you're a decision maker and you're being asked to approve, say, another hotel, right, in South Maui, where they have so many hotels, mm -hmm. um, and you're noticing that the, the traffic is increasing and um, the beaches are crowded, you know, uh, housing is unaffordable. How is my decision on this particular project going to affect the quality of life? Well, we will have a, a way of um, measuring that and predicting that. And getting input from the community as well? Would you totally. Yeah. yeah, it's not just going to be us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there was a process called Focus Maui Nui uh, a few years ago. And then the Maui Island plan sort of built on that, and they have the quality of life indicators in that plan. Um, so what we're hoping to do is take that process and sort of update it by asking the public what's important to you in terms of quality of life. And not only just accommodations, but stores. Do we keep needing more stores when we have so many empty stores? That's kind of nice. It's funny you too. should bring that up, Bobby. <laughs> So you remember the Mega Mall proposal? Yeah. Sure. And then... Um, that was in Kihei. Yes. Yeah. That, that was supposed to have been a done deal. Yeah. And so we went ahead with a couple of other community groups who went ahead and asked the Land Use Commission to rule that it was not in compliance with their, their, um, their district boundary amendment that they got in 1995. Um, so they actually agreed with us. And so then the second proposal was for what I call Son of Mega Mall. Mm -hmm. It was slightly revised, you know, it had yeah. a little more. And there is practically no um, industrial use proposed in the light industrial zone. So this is a problem that we had with it. And the reason that the community in Kihei wanted light industrial there so was so that it wouldn't be a big traffic generator. Okay. So they came by with a slightly revised proposal. Uh, the Land Use Commission said you need to do an environmental impact statement about that. 
And their environmental impact statement was unanimously rejected by the Land Use Commission, which I believe <laughs> has only happened, that was only the fourth time in the history of the Land Use Commission. <clears throat> so that's how bad their EIS was. Then they brought in another set of developers, um, and they've been trying to, um, I would say, work the community a little better um, and try and get some support in the community. And it's still, at the bottom line is they're still trying to put in a lot of retail there. And so we are right now involved in negotiations. Um, we've been given a final offer, quote unquote, final offer, um, which we are not accepting. And we're gonna give them an offer and it's gonna be some kind of a compromise. There's a lot of cultural sites on the property that we're trying to protect um, that never would have come to light if we hadn't gotten involved. Really? Yeah, and this happens in a lot of different yeah. projects. Yeah. Um, the problem is that the developers hire the archaeologists, mm -hmm. right? So, and you know, the archaeologists have, they have a job to do and they try and do a good job, but it's always, there's always this kind of a tension there between their professional responsibilities and the likelihood of them getting hired again right. if they find too much stuff. Sure, sure. Now, I'm sure that if you ask an archaeologist about this, um, they're probably going to disagree, take umbrage with my statement. Yeah. But the, the truth is, uh, if you look at the McKenna Resort, for example, I think the number of sites that they found was seven. And um, as a result of our settlement with the with the McKenna Resort developers, we got them to hire an archaeologist that we specified, and they went in there and they're finding whole villages. Sure. <laughs> so the same thing is going on in the Mega Mall site. Well, I have a friend who who's, was born and raised here, and he said, you know, no matter where you dig on Maui, you're going to find bones. They're mm -hmm. everywhere. People, <clears throat> people are buried everywhere. Yep, and not just the and bones. Not, yeah, not just bones, but uh, archaeological sites. Right. And these are the things we should be treasuring. These are the the uh, things that are going to bring people here, just like the whales have done. Um, people are going to want to visit and see what this lifestyle was like, because it, it was magical in so many ways. And that's the thing that has really been driven home to me since I've come back, um, is that those cultural practices are still going on. Yes. These sites are still being used. Mm -hmm. People are going up there at night, for example, uh, and observing the stars. And, um, you know, they don't make a big deal about it. Right. Uh, they just go. Um, this site that we're talking about was excellent for observing the weather, um, for teaching people about astronomy. Uh, for observing what's going on in the ocean, uh, for marking the passage of the seasons. There's all this, all this mana on this land, mm -hmm. and it's just, it's really a shame um, that we can't preserve the whole thing. It doesn't look like we can preserve the whole thing. So we're put in the position of having to um, decide what gets preserved and I don't feel qualified to do that. So um, we're always trying to involve the community, particularly um, the lineal descendants of the land. Um, 
and we have a lot of supporters uh, in the Hawaiian community. So we look to them for guidance on this kind of a thing. I was talking with an artist friend of ours uh, about uh, gentrification, because mm. I grew up in San Francisco and saw how that city became so gentrified that uh, really the life of the city disappeared. Um, the artists, young artists, could no longer afford to live there and uh, would move out. In many cases, they couldn't even live in the same community. Uh, here, we have a problem where you, you can't exactly move to the neighbor, uh, next neighborhood over. It's, uh, and, you know, the choices are very few. You have to move off island, for heaven's sakes. And uh, If you can afford to move. If you can afford to, yeah. And um, so I said, I'm really concerned about gentrification here. And uh, my artist friend said, you know, it has already happened. Uh, so many of our young artists and uh, creative people have left Maui and mm -hmm. gone elsewhere where mm -hmm. they can live and afford yeah. to live. Yeah. yeah. So they're the ones left are our age. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So hmm. what happened this morning? You went to about the injection wells, or what? well, it was a related case. So the injection well case uh, went to the Supreme Court. Um, I've I think it was in January or February. No, it couldn't have been February. Anyway, it went to the Supreme Court, and um, so the Supreme Court is kind of writing their opinion. They're going to come out with their opinion. Okay. Um, it never should have gotten that far because prior to that, the county council adopted a resolution to settle the case. And the plain reading of the ordinance and the charter is that the council has the authority to do that. Um, after the council did that, out of nowhere, like at the very last minute, um, the corporation council started saying um, that the authority lies with the mayor because he's the one who's actually going to execute the settlement, right? Mm -hmm. But he's supposed to do that at the direction of the council. That's my understanding. Yeah. So um, we were not involved in the injection well case. That's Sierra Club and Hawaii Wildlife, Blue Planet. Um, I might be leaving somebody out, but... Um, well, it's terrific. We've got so many groups like that. Uh, yes, yes. Active so, and involved. Right. So, but when we saw what happened, uh, and our plain reading of the ordinance and the charter was that that wasn't legal. So we decided to file... Um, a lawsuit against the mayor and against the corporation council uh, asking the court to order them to execute the settlement and so that came before um, there were some procedural delays and which judge was going to handle it um, it ended up in court this morning and the judge ruled to dismiss our case and ruled against our motion for a summary judgment Huh. So that's very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, we're evaluating our options as to what, if anything, we can do about that. Yeah. Um, but it's larger than just the injection wells case. This is about the powers of the council as defined in the charter and the ability of the mayor to just basically decide that he doesn't agree and therefore ignore there were so many people that came and testified in favor of that settlement. 
it was a huge number of people and a very small percentage who I think turned out to all be county employees. Mm. Uh, those were the only ones who testified against it. Mm-hmm. So clearly the community just wants to start <clears throat> cleaning up the mess and stop injecting effluent into the waters. Right. It's not just in Lahaina. This is happening in Kahului, right. and it's happening in Kihei. And we live in Ma'alaya, which <clears throat> is uh, a great concern, this subject, mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. concern to mm-hmm. us. And uh, we heard that somewhere down the line, we will all be eventually connected up with the uh, main sewage system uh, coming from the Maui Tropical Plantation. Is that right? So it's my understanding that the Maui Tropical Plantation, um, sorry, it's the Waikapu country town. Right, right. That they're going to be having sufficient capacity to handle other people. I didn't know that they'd been talking with Ma'alaya, but... Um, and when could that possibly happen? I mean, I... Sooner the better. I don't know exactly but when, but... Sooner, it's got to happen in a couple of years because they're not giving us endless time to figure this out. Well, it would take at least a couple of years to run a pipeline from our, our, you know, and all of our condos. Of course, you know, realizing those condos should never have been built there, <laughs> right on the right on the ocean, uh, back in the seventies mm-hmm. uh, when things were a lot looser. Uh, yeah. So there are solutions to the problem, um, but the county is being quite not the county. The mayor is being quite obstinate. Um, unfortunately and you know we're trying to convince them to just clean it up and um you know this injection wells case has national implications yeah national implications it it feels like you know as above so below i'm not familiar with that reference (laughs) well Well, but, you know, what's happening nationally, you know, is that the yes. executive has the power and forget everybody else. I mean, it's supposed yeah. to be divided and balanced, but where is it? Where is that balance? Yeah. Thank you for explaining that, Bobby. <laughs> well, that's also a spiritual thing, so okay. I was above, so below. But. Okay. Yeah, but there um, are solutions. And what they're doing at the Waikapu Country Town, um, they're not sending anything to the ocean. They're processing it all on site through something called a food chain reactor and it's a series of organic um, processing things I'm not the engineer but what comes out is uh, I think it's R1 water so it's not quite potable but it's usable for irrigating and they have a lot of things to irrigate there on the tropical plantation yeah that's right so but the, the main thing is that nothing gets pumped into the ocean and we should be doing that with the Kahului plant, which is in a tsunami zone. Right. We should be doing that as soon as possible. Like if the county were to um, either buy or just condemn some land in the middle of the the Central Valley, and then like as new developments come up, they could start sending the wastewater there for processing mm-hmm. instead of sending it to the Kahului plant. Yeah. And then gradually they could start taking some capacity away from the Kahului plant until they don't have a need for it anymore. The sooner the better. 
If you uh, just tuned in to KEKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui, uh, we're talking with Albert Perez from Maui Tomorrow. You guys have so many uh, uh, plates in the fire. What's that expression? Irons. <laughs> Irons in the fire. Uh, I, I don't know how you're able to deal with uh, all of these uh, uh, situations on Maui. Uh, there's just so much to be concerned with, and then, then when you have kind of a uh, a mayor who uh, kind of goes off on his own um, in the face of a lot of uh, community uh, um, input, uh, it's it's extra difficult. You you would want a, a government that you can negotiate with and work with and 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 especially here on Maui I mean it's well Bill can I just say that it's not just us we work with community groups and this is why we like to do things like this March 21st event right we're gonna be training people um, we're gonna be empowering them to make the change themselves because we can't do it all we're, we're a small group yeah um, but we try to focus on the things that are important and precedent setting. And we talk about big changes, and uh, they're talking uh, uh, about uh, more changes to Wailuku. Originally, it was uh, a big parking structure. Now they're talking as well about a hotel in Wailuku. And I, I wonder how, how feasible is that? Because I know from being in Wailuku, and I, I work there at Manao Radio, and uh, that that town shuts down. Uh, as soon as people are off work, that they're gone. Restaurants don't stay open for dinner, and we've had some good restaurants come and go. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I just, I wonder about the feasibility of uh, a hotel in, in the middle of Wailuku, and then the big parking structure, which is going <coughs> to affect while they're building it, um, everybody who usually parks in the public parking there. Yeah, it's already affecting us. The very first hole that they dug on Church Street was outside my office window, and our office was vibrating. Oh, yeah. It's, we're having to wear earplugs. Man, they've been work. working on Church Street now for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> well, you know, you, you mentioned gentrification before, and if you go back in the history of Wailuku, their work, quite a few middle-class homes there um, where the county building is, mm -hmm. uh, where the state building is. And so when those um, civic projects were built, a lot of people had to move out. Um, and so where the hotel is proposed on the corner of um, Market and Main. Mm -hmm. Where Request Music is. Yeah, and down towards Minute Stop. Right. Um, that area is when, within what's called the Wailuku Redevelopment Area. And so the irony, when, when I look at the logic of, I'm kind of mixing cases here because we filed a lawsuit there too. <laughs> we filed a lawsuit to have the Maui Redevelopment Agency declared illegal. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, and we... We can get into why that is, but basically we, we think that that agency um, is no longer valid as a result of a constitutional change that was made decades ago. 
So, but right now, um, the way they're operating is that they have the the um, ability to change zoning, to grant variances, things that are rightfully uh, under the purview, um, the responsibility of the council only mm-hmm. per the charter. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does this relate to the hotel? The hotel needs a change in zoning um, and or a variance to be able to go up six stories right. instead of the four that are currently allowed. That's my understanding. Um, I don't think we need any more hotels anywhere on the island. And so um, what the developers have been saying is that, well, this is going to be a business-oriented hotel. And when I asked, well, how do you keep tourists from staying there? The answer is we can't. Yeah. We can't. So to me, that's just more visitor accommodations. Right. And so we are opposed to that. Well, I could see the advantage of uh, people who are doing business with the uh, the county and uh, county government having a place to stay right there. But uh, uh, I mean, we already have a place to stay near the airport where they have to go back and forth. So well, yeah, they just built a hotel over there. I think a Comfort Inn or something. Or maybe a couple of them. I we don't. used to have more parking in Wailuku, and then they put these little. Oh planters and eliminated more parking for nothing mm-hmm. yeah and, i and, heard a lot of complaints from and people i, when I don't happened. understand who gets the money the same thing happened in malaya, malaya harbor you used to be able to park there for free and now people have to pay and who gets that money does the county get that money or is it just the companies that put the slots in who gets which money for parking the paid parking yeah there isn't paid parking right now. In Ma'alaya, there is. Oh, there and, is? And, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh, I see. The, the and there whole, will be. The whole harbor area is paid parking now, except for um, a little section up uh, near Maui Ocean Center. I don't know who gets that money, but somebody's got to pay for the, the policeman who writes the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, I mean, the same thing's going to happen Ta-guma. in Wailuku. Right. Right <laughs> no, now, the parking's the free, and... And then who, That's what people don't really go? realize is that when this is all said and done, um, it's going to be a paid parking situation. Huh. My understanding is that there will be um, merchants can validate or something like that. Oh. But, you know, the way I look at it, if you are wanting to stop in to Wailuka Coffee or maybe you want to go to Green Tea and get a massage or something like that, um, if there's no parking and you have to pay... You're going to think twice. Sure. Um, and people already think twice. Because uh, uh, I, I know uh, for a fact that that people will uh, go down uh, uh, the street and uh, they'll visit a few shops along the way, Wailuku Coffee Company, maybe requests. Uh, maybe they'll go to the Yao Theater. Um, and, but they don't necessarily go across the street. They don't necessarily go around the corner down past uh, uh, the proposed hotel place. Uh, um, Native Intelligence, a wonderful, wonderful store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But chances are most people have never been there for some reason. 
It's almost like uh, there's the not foot traffic there. Yeah, yeah, and it's just right around the corner, or you can go across the street. There's some wonderful little shops. I love uh, a Market Street and that whole area because it reminds me again of my old San Francisco haunts and uh, you know it is funky little a human scale creative. neighborhood. Yeah, that's the planning term. When I was in planning school, it's a human scale neighborhood. So um, it's not like a car-dominated neighborhood. And I think that's part of the reason they put those planters in was to make pedestrians feel a little more comfortable. But it did say, take some parking out. Took a lot of parking out, actually. Yeah. So um, we had some friends that came over from Washington State. And they were here for a week before we had time to get together with them. And, you know, we'd talk on the phone, and they're like, it's so crowded here. There's so many tourists here. We can't stand it. And I was, like, too busy to meet with them. And I said, the only way I can meet with you is if I, I, I work in Wailuku, so why don't you meet me at Wailuku Coffee? Oh, yeah. And they did. And they said, finally, this is where the local people are. This is, this is you know, what they're talking about is human scale. Yeah, yeah. Something they can relate to where they're not surrounded by, um, you know, I'm not going to mention any particular companies, but, you know, advertising <laughs> for tourists and, yeah. um, you know, expensive this and that. I mean, this is where the local people function as a town. And it's not perfect, but I feel like it's coming back already, yeah. you know. And uh, unfortunately, I'm afraid that what they're pursuing there um, in the name of um, redevelopment and in the name of town revitalization uh, the surgery is going to kill the patient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, That's what I think. However, I have to say that as far as Maui Tomorrow is concerned, we're kind of off track because that's not part of our mission. Mm -hmm. There is, um, well, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Our mission is about um, preserving open space and the aina. And so if people are increasing density, particularly for affordable housing, truly affordable housing, that's what we would like to see in Wailuku. <clears throat> so increasing the density so that you don't have to sprawl all over the rest of the, the island. Yeah. In that sense, I like um, doing what, what could be done there. We well, don't seem, need more hotels. Seems to me that uh, affordable housing starts affordable, and then along the way uh, the, the house is sold, and... Uh, investors come in and people uh, uh, take it over and next thing you know it's not uh, affordable anymore well bill if i could offer you an investment <laughs> where you could make a bridge from here to a, you could to put down island. let's see you put down forty thousand dollars is that right no you put down eighty thousand dollars on a four hundred thousand home dollar home ten years ago or something and then after seven years or 10 years, um, it's going to be worth twice that much. So you make 400000 on an $80,000 investment in 10 years. Would that be attractive to you? Absolutely. It's like winning the lottery, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like yeah. winning the lottery. And so our affordable housing requirements for um, developers now, they only have to keep that house affordable for a period of years depending on right. what price level it's sold at yeah. and then just sell it limit. on sell it on the open market yeah so 
there are better ideas. And I have to say that uh, Michael Williams, who's our president, he's very involved in the housing side of things. Um, he's with the new housing group that took the place of um, FACE Maui. Uh, it's called Stand Up Maui. And so they're they're proposing a whole range of solutions uh, with a whole uh, affordable housing strategic plan. Um, and so I think that we're going to be seeing some changes here that are actually going to help pretty soon. Positive changes. Positive changes. For example, um, about half of the real estate that's sold here is sold to outside investors. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, part of the reason is because our property taxes on a percentage basis mm-hmm. are so cheap that it's not even funny. Yeah. Ours, I mean, 2%, maybe 3%, um, you know, on like on the East Coast or the West Coast, you have people paying 6, 7, 8, 9%. Wow. So if you had, especially if you were a big corporation and you had all this money to invest, we're begging them to come here and and price us out of the market is what we're doing with our current property tax structure. So they, I, I don't know if I have the terminology, terminology exactly correct, but my understanding is that what they've done is they've created a new class of property tax um, for unoccupied homes that are owned by outside investors. And so that property tax class is created, and so that's going to be, I believe, part of the budget discussions. Um, so we might be seeing some relief pretty soon. And what kind of uh, tax would that be? Do you have any idea? Offhand? The property tax? Yeah. Well, I think they should raise it up commensurate with what's on the continent. Yeah. it's Why not? It's Why should it be lower? Bargain, and mm-hmm. it's just really what's needed to... In so many areas where if you're trying to live here, which is so difficult financially, mm. you should get breaks. And if you're from the mainland and you're trying to just make money here yeah. and and leave property unoccupied, it should cost you. Right. Yeah. But yeah, the citizens should be the winners. Uh, and people shouldn't be able to just buy in and, and make a profit. And usually they come, they... To do whatever they do, and then they're gone. They're, they don't necessarily live here. They don't necessarily have concerns about the Ina. Um, That's right. Many and, and you bring even that word up, or uh, Pono, for instance. They don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's there should almost be a, an aloha test when people are coming here and if you're going to invest here's a little test and you know if you if you're really concerned about hawaii i mean it's not just any place this is has a tremendous culture fabulous culture mm-hmm. and I, it's so exciting to see the culture revitalized and the dance and the music the popularity of hawaiian music uh is is uh, never been higher as far as i can tell in mm-hmm. the dance um so uh, this is not just any place this is a very special place and people should come here with with great respect for the culture and the people and uh, yeah i feel fortunate to be born and raised in hawaii yeah absolutely so. i was not born and raised here i feel you know, like I, I wish I were because I've never been a part of a culture of any kind, you know, growing up in the Isn't in that California. curious? That's a lot of Americans are like that, mm-hmm. right? 
Um, we don't have roots. Um, and I don't know, I'm not a sociologist, but I've read about uh, the lack of celebration in our lives. Um, it makes a big difference um, with our kids, especially. Albert, we've only got a couple minutes, if that, uh, left. Do you have any final thoughts or concerns or uh, optimistic uh, viewpoints on, on well, our future? Uh, Maui still does have a chance. I would urge everybody to be careful, even if you're a young person and you're not concerned about coronavirus. There are those of us who have risk factors of one sort or another. So by washing your hands, you're protecting your kupuna. Think of it that way. Yeah, I'll shake on that. Oh. <laughs> I won't. So what, what suggestions do you give to people who really care about the Aina and the sustainability? Well, I would like to invite people to come to our March 21st event. And we'll be talking go. about that in depth. And we're also going to be, um, I should say that I'm hoping that we can put this together on short notice, but we're going to be doing a webinar, and that'll be available to watch on demand. Albert Perez, thank you so much for coming in and uh, giving us an update on uh, these important topics. Maori Tomorrow, check their website and you can find out how you can get involved and you should. Thanks Bobby D, Bobby D Best in the studio and uh, thanks to Maui Tomorrow and KEKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui. I'm Bill Best. Aloha.